0: It is the year of jubilee.
1: Jesus is going to come. But I have to ask you a question. Do you love Jesus? I've asked a lot of people that question in the last week. Do you love Jesus? I have yet to receive one answer that is, Are you kidding me? A couple of you have written in on the chat page and said, No, I don't. There is no Jesus. It's all foolishness. But that was uh, a very few. Yesterday was a a very difficult day for me. I was struggling with some physical issues. But I was much more struggling with a spiritual issue. The question, Do you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. What else do you love? Oh, I love the sunshine. I love the wonderful days of a hazy summer summer afternoon. I love sailing. I love my wife. I love my children. Was there anything you don't love? Well, I don't love garbage. I don't love anything that's destructive. I want everything to be positive. So you're a lover. Yes. We have a, a little gal that comes and waits on our table for breakfast. And she says, oh, that's so beautiful. That's just beautiful. That's cute. I like that. She came today and said she was putting in her two weeks notice. She's a college grad and she's headed to try to find government employment. I think she's going to find things aren't quite so cute there. The first time she gets stomped on. Be a lot of tears shed. What am I trying to say? Well. This phrase. Do you love Jesus? Has another phrase with it, one that we don't like to talk about. Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, wait a minute. I can't just love Jesus? I'm supposed to love him
0: and keep what he tells me to do? I have to keep his commands? He's going to give me commands? Oh, I don't like anybody giving me commands. Do you? No, because
1: I've grown up in America where in America
0: everything is laissez-faire. Do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. Say what you want to say. Feel how you want to feel. Think how you want to think. Do what you want to do. Just love me.
1: Just love me unconditionally. And then we're fine. There's peace in the earth. This is a the deadly poison that Satan has been peddling for many, many years. And the Lord said to me yesterday as I was coming to do the broadcast, Are you fit to preach? are you fit to preach?
0: All of you who preach, I want to ask that very simple question. Are you fit to preach? And an honest answer. And I had to stop and say,
1: I can't answer that. I don't know if I'm fit to preach. So I came to the office and I I called my producers and I said, I'm not going to preach today. I have something else I have to do. And then I spent the next 12 hours in prayer, meditation, asking Jesus if I was fit to preach. The
0: answer was, Very clear. No, you're not fit to preach, Ray. But I will give you my message. You
1: speak what I give you to speak. Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: wait a minute. Now, I want to say a couple of things that are going to make some of you very angry, and it's not my purpose to make anybody angry.
1: but I think it's something we have to face. We think far too much. We think far too much about our religion. In fact, we probably know far too much about our religion. We're far too comfortable with our religion. We've learned how to get along, to go along.
0: Where do we finally say stop What are we dealing with here? Well, now I'm going to tell you what I think we're
1: dealing with. I think we're dealing with pride, with arrogance, with anger. I think we're dealing
0: here with the natural human heart who is very comfortable if it feels like it loves everybody
1: and if it loves Jesus. We have taken far, far too much of the world, the flesh, and the devil and made it a part of the church. I'm going to try to say this. I can't say it very well, and I apologize for not saying this well. It's not for a lack of trying. It's just I'm not smart enough to know how to say this to you. I really want to stir this up. Yes, I do. Yes, I do want to stir it up. In our age,
0: we don't even understand in America what Real religion is. We have substituted it for something else that doesn't work. And the result is we can feel very comfortable and very good in our in our worldly churches, in our worldly entertainment, in our worldly life. We can say, oh, I love Jesus.
1: I want to say a very simple word. Prove it. What do I mean? Do what Jesus said we are to do. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. We don't even know what his commandments are, except
0: love each other. And that's true. The command of Jesus is to love each other. But is that what it
1: means to love each other? I thought to love each other meant we were to lay our lives down for each other. We have a hard enough time laying our life down for our husband or our wife, our children. You see, we're living in a culture that's a lie. We're living in a culture that is self-centered, self-satiated, unclean. But it's spread over with a, a cloud of, I'm okay. I can do what I want to do. Go where
0: I want to go. Be whoever I want to be. No, you can't. No, you cannot. Jesus did not say, If you love me, go and do good in the world. That's not what he said. He said, If you love me, keep my commands.
1: Anyone, verse 23, who loves me, will obey my teachings. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. Verse
0: 4, chapter 15. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. No, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me.
1: If you do not remain in me,
0: you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned.
1: If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. We don't even know how to begin to talk about doing that. We have so carefully defined our
0: life as Christians in America. We've so carefully defined our limits and our boundaries. We have so carefully opened the way for ourselves to do and be what we want to do and be. This little gal I referred to a minute ago, she calls herself a Christian. She was raised in a Christian family.
1: Does the Lord Jesus want her to go and work for the government? Well, you have to work somewhere. Do you?
0: We'll go get whatever job we can get that pays the most money. We've got to have a career line and we've got to we've got to make it so that We can be successful in this culture. This culture demands much money to be successful in it. Well, what about all the ones who have lost their jobs?
1: Do you see there is a disconnect in our culture between the
0: worldliness that we walk in day after day the expectations that we walk in day after day
1: and what Jesus Christ is looking for in us how do we how do we get through this if i say to you we need to humble our hearts before god What? What's that mean? If I say to you, we've got to forget about ourselves. What's that mean? If I say, the time has come to start over in our relationship with God. Well, what's that mean? Does
0: it mean that I'm supposed to come and sit down in the presence of the Lord and begin to say, look, I just have totally missed what it means to be a Christian.
1: That's what I did yesterday. Just said, Lord, I'm sorry. please do in my life whatever you need to do. You've you've broken my leg and you've done other things that are very embarrassing for me. And it hasn't humbled my heart. Hasn't humbled my heart. I know there is no way into the kingdom of God except through a humble heart. I'm smart enough to know that. We come to a place where we truly need to humble our heart. We need to humble our hearts, but how do we do it? Well, I'm going to stop talking about this now. I'm going to read a portion from Pilgrim's Progress. Christian is speaking with another man about his walk. He writes
0: on page 142, It is true that we differ in religion from those of a stricter sort, but only in two small points. First, we never strive against the wind and the tide. Secondly, we are always most zealous when religion goes about in silver slippers we will we love to walk with him in the street if the sun is shining and people are
1: applauding him. Then Christian stepped
0: aside to his new friend Hopeful and said, I believe this is the same person they call by ends of fair speech if he is. Then we have in our company one of the most deceitful rogues who ever lived in this part of the country. Then Hopeful said, Ask him. I do not think he should be ashamed of his name. So Christian came up to him again and said, Sir, are you, you talk as if you know more than most people in the world, and if I am not mistaken, I would guess that your name is Mr. Byenz of Fair Speech. Oh, that's that's not my name, but it is an insulting nickname, and that has been given to me by those who do not care for me. I must be content to bear it with reproach, as other good men have borne theirs before me. But haven't you given reason for men to call you by this name? Never, never, by protested. The worst thing I ever did... To invite such a name was to have the good luck to jump in and ride the tide of the times, profiting thereby from my skill, knowing which way the wind and the tide was going to change and blow. If this is my crime, then I will count it a blessing, but I would not let the malicious load me up with reproach. Christian responded, Just as I thought, you are the man of whom I heard. And to tell you the truth, I fear your nickname belongs to you more properly than you would like us to think. Viennes countered, well, if this is what you think, I cannot help it, even if you find me to be good company, if you will still allow me to travel with you. Christian replied, If you go with us, you must go against the wind and the tide, which I believe is against your principles. You must also stand by religion in his rags, as well as when he is in his silver slippers. You must stand by him when he is bound in irons, as well as when he walks the streets and hears applause. You must not impose your faith on me, Let me have my views, and let me go with you, Bayen implored. Not a step further, unless you will do as I have just proposed, even as we will do. Then Bayen said, I will never desert
1: my old principles.
0: Since they're harmless and profitable. If I may not go with you, then I must do what I did before you caught up to me, which is to go by myself until someone overtakes me who will be glad to have my company. Now I saw in my dream that Christian and hopeful forsook him
1: and went a good distance ahead of him.
0: After a while, Christian looked back and saw three men following Mr. Byans. And as they came up to him, he greeted them with a low bow and gave them a compliment. The
1: men's names were Mr. Hold the World, Mr.
0: Money Love, and Mr. Save All. These were men with whom Mr. Byans had formerly been acquainted, for in their youth, They were school fellows and were taught by one Mr. Grip Man. They'd all gone to school in Love Gain, which is a market town in the country of coveting to the north. This schoolmaster taught them the art of getting either by violence, fraud, flattery, lying, or putting on a guise of, of religion and these four gentlemen had become so proficient in the art of their master that now they each had their own school. When they'd all greeted each other, Mr. Moneylove said to Mr. byans Who are those on the road ahead of us? For Christian and hopeful were still yet within
1: view. Mr. Byans responded, they're a pair from off-country,
0: far-off country, going on pilgrimage in their own way. Why didn't they stay with you, so that we might have had good company? For they are, and we, sir, are all going on pilgrimage together. So we are, Mr. Byand said, but the men before us are rigid. They're in love with their own notions. They disdain the opinions of others with a superior attitude that is so narrow that it doesn't agree with them in any way. They'll throw you out of their company. That's bad. I've read about those who are overzealous and righteous judging and condemning everyone but themselves. But tell me... What were the points on which you disagreed? Why, they concluded that in there it was their duty to rush ahead on the journey in all weather, without waiting for favorable wind or tide. They would risk all in a moment for God, while I, on the other hand, am for taking advantage of all of all moments to secure my life and my estate. They are for holding their notions, though all other men are against them. But I'm for religion so far as at times in my safety will bear it. They are for religion when in rags and contempt. But I'm for religion when he walks in his golden slippers in the sunshine and with applause. Hold the world agreed yes good mr byans for my part i count them fools who lose the things that they are liberty at liberty to keep let us be wise as serpents it is best to make hay when the sun shines you see how the bee line still all winter get busy only when they can make profit from pleasure God sometimes sends rain and sometimes sunshine. If they're so foolish to go through the first, let us be content to take fair weather along with us. For my part, I like that religion best that will stand with the security of God's good blessing on us. Since God has given us the good things of this life, isn't it reasonable to think that He desires that we keep them for ourselves. Abraham, Solomon, grew rich in religion, and Job says that a good man shall lay up gold as dust. So he must not have had in mind the men who are before us, if they are as you have described them. I think that we are all agreed in this matter, and therefore there's no need for any more discussion about it. Stated save all, you're right. Money Love said, "There's nothing more to say about this matter. Anyone who does not believe scripture or reasons does not know the liberties that has been given to us."
1: Mister Byens added, "My friends."
0: We're all on the same pilgrimage. To help pass the time, I'd like to propose a question to you. Suppose a man, a minister or a tradesman or such, should have an opportunity to get a blessing and improve his station in life by becoming extremely zealous in some point of religion. Let's suppose... That this religious point is something about which he has no particular interest. But by appearing to be interested, he can gain an advantage, either financial or otherwise. The question I put to you is this can he pretend to be interested and remain an upstanding and honest man? Money Love noted, I see where your question is getting. And with those gentlemen's. With these gentlemen's permission, I'll endeavor to give you an answer. First, I'll speak to your question as it concerns a minister. Suppose a minister, a wealthy man, but someone with a very small income, has a desire to increase in wealth and influence. Suppose that he sees an opportunity for advancing this goal by becoming more studious, preaching more frequently, and zealously and modifying some of his principles to fit in with the preference and temperament of his congregation. I see no reason why he cannot do this and a lot more if needed, which still remains. He would remain an honest man.
1: Here's the reason why. His desire of a greater
0: income is lawful, since it set before him by province. He should take advantage of the opportunity without questioning his conscience. Besides, his desire for more income makes him more studious, more zealous in his preaching and so on. And this makes him a better man. Yes, it makes him a better man in all aspects of his life, which, of course, is in accordance with the will of God. Now, as for his modifying his views and principles to make himself more acceptable to his people, this is three good things about the man. It shows that he is of a self-denying temperament, of a sweet and winning disposition, and thus more fit for ministerial duties. I conclude that a minister who exchanges a small thing for greater good should not be judged, as coveting for doing so. Rather, his decision results in self-improvement and industry. He should be commended as one who pursues his call, and the opportunity should be seen as something that will help him do good.
1: Well, I'm going to stop there. See, in John Bunyan's time, 1600s. They were fighting with many of the same issues that we're fighting with today. Am I going to compromise my life in Christ? Have I already compromised my life in Jesus? And made
0: room for many different people and activities. That do not bring honor to Jesus, but bring honor to
1: me. That cause people to think I'm somebody when I'm nobody.
0: Do I value those things the world values and apply them to my faith in
1: Jesus Christ? Are you offended by my statement that we have so compromised our faith in Christ that we have
0: become lovers of everything, including lovers of everything dark? Except for those few things we say, no,
1: no, 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 no. But we live loving each other but not Jesus. Have we found a way to walk in our own pride? Do we value too highly our church, our social connections? Do we treasure too much the applause of men, the approval of others? these difficult questions I don't see anyone has come online and I'm not sure what's happening there
0: it's all it's all blank and maybe it's been impossible for you to go and reply but I know you're hearing
1: I think we need to stop and take some some time, talk about what it really means to be a Christian, what the cost is for being a Christian If you look Hebrews. Thirteenth chapter. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is not changing. His standard of judgment is not going to be changed. The standard of judgment is going to be the same. Are you like me? Do you walk like me? Do you act like me? Do you think like me? I want Jesus to be in me. I want him to fill me with himself to his utter fullness. Are you ready? Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, I come the end of this message today to say please I need your Holy Spirit to come and deal with my heart. I don't see the evidence In my life, the evidence of healing and restoration and the conversion of the lost, I don't see the signs that say, you have the victory. I don't see that in the church either. the lord i come today broken i think useless there has to be a revival a revival where we turn and begin To search after you, Jesus, until we're like you. Jesus, I think if we were like
0: you, no one would recognize us in this world. People would become very uncomfortable with us.
1: I think, Lord, if we ever could become like you. A great wave of holiness and godliness would sweep over this land.
0: And I know that if that doesn't happen, a great wave of of fire... And brimstone is going to pass over
1: this this nation. Lord, I know we don't have much choice. It's either seek your face or we will die. I pray, Lord. men and women everywhere will will turn their hearts toward home,
0: and that we'll begin to search for you, Jesus, with the lonely cry of a lamb dying in the wilderness,
1: for that's what we are, and the wolves are upon us both in the church and out of the church, the wolves are upon us. Lord, please come. Lord, we seek your face with all of our hearts.
0: And I know we're in the most difficult time of human history when everything has become corrupt and self-centered,
1: filled with poverty and lust and brokenness. Ungodliness, unrighteousness. Lord, I'm not comfortable anymore in this land. I'm
0: not comfortable anymore, Lord. I ask you to change what's happening here. I ask you to send forth your Holy Spirit in great power to bring forth that final
1: last day. Call to holiness. Lord, please come. Lord, please come. Lord, we need you. The church needs you. The broken need you. I need you. Please come, Jesus. We are hungry for your presence. We're tired of the artificial. We're tired of the make-believe. We're tired of liars. We're tired of the corruption. We're
0: tired of evil men and women trying to twist things to their own advantage. Laying plans to destroy your
1: people and this nation. Oh, Jesus, would you come? And Lord, there are some today who are physically sick. There are some today who are torn emotionally, physically. Would you send your Holy Spirit to meet them? and to move with healing in your wings for them. Lord, you are the Almighty. You are the King of kings. You are the majesty of heaven. And we desire
0: to be obedient to you and to learn how to walk with you, to learn how to be like you, Lord, there are some who are so broken, they will never walk again without your Holy
1: Spirit picking them up. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, This has not been a normal broadcast today.
0: I don't make any apologies for that. I know we're at a place of dire straits in America. I know we're in a place of dire straits in America. Godliness godliness is gone from our nation. Wickedness rules on every side. Everybody's doing their thing and having their good time. Oh,
1: Lord. Has to change. We have to change. We
0: have to humble our hearts. I urge you to do as I've been doing, go before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to do with me? God bless you, my brother, and my sister. I'll talk to you soon.